0: Every new year, we make decisions about who we want to be. We make resolutions, we set goals. Often, these goals are focused on ourselves. Losing weight, saving money, even the best goals are often self-centered. Christ did not call us to live that way. When there's more of God, you're selfless. New year, new series. Let's discover how we can change our world with this new year series, Selfless, starting now. I am so excited to start this new series called Selfless. Selfless is what the heart of God is calling for his church to respond like. We want to say during this time of the year, we want to better ourselves, right? Raise your hand if you felt like, you know what, it's a new year, I want to better myself. And that's not a bad thing, right? It's a good thing to want to better yourself. I'm not speaking against that. But the better self comes from the inner self that is filled with the Holy Spirit. When we allow God to do some great things, great things happen. You know, a lot of people want to focus on the outward in this season that we're in right now. we want to, Some of us want to lose weight, right? Not a bad thing. Get out of debt. Get to the gym more. Get to church more get better all around. We want to do X, Y, and Z better. But what I learned is that while those are not bad things, we should all look to improve ourselves, but not at the cost of the opportunity that God has laid for us to fulfill our purpose in this life. You see, here's where the self breaks down. We have made a lot And we have covered so many avenues about self. We've made a lot of things in church and in life about self. I think most of us, if we were to carefully take a good look at our lives, our motives, we would probably see me in a lot of things. By that, I mean I, the self element. We would see a lot of that, and most of us, if we're not if we're not taking a good look at ourselves, can get caught in a rut and see church the way God never intended it to be. How many of you have ever read the scriptures and saw how the church, the New Testament church, acted, and then you look at church like now, and we go, wow, that's different. Raise your hand if you ever felt like that, and you honestly felt like that. That doesn't mean that the church is bad. It just means that we probably changed a little bit. But I dare to say today, because I, I find that we've made church about me so much that I think it's affected our effectiveness. I found the clip. I wanted to share this with you. Take a look at this video clip. I think you'll humorously bring that to the surface. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys, right? Yeah. Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. How about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now, and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me your where it's all about you. Okay, that got progressively worse.
1: <laughs> like,
0: dramatically worse. I think when we look, at, we look at that, we see the humor in it, um, but we also see a little hint of truth in that, that it's scary to admit it. I won't even have you raise your hand. But in order for us to be like Christ, I think in some way, shape, or form, we have to understand that Christ is where it begins. And if he's not there, there is nothing. You realize that? In order for us to be like Christ, we can't be where it ends. It can't be about us. In fact, it shouldn't be where it begins. And the foundation of Christ and what he's called us to is simply found in this verse. I want to share this one verse with you as we move forward. Matthew 6, 24. We're talking about selfless and being bold in witness. That's my topic this morning. Being selfless and being bold in witness. Let's look at this verse in Matthew 16. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Who's speaking here? Is Matthew speaking? Not quite. It's Jesus, right? And so he says, if anyone wants to follow me, he must become selfless. See, as a culture, we've, uh, lost in some ways how Jesus is relevant. Do you realize that a lot of times um, we uh, we go and we see church and everybody wants to be quote-unquote relevant, but they forget that relevancy was started by God. God. God's word is relevant to everyone. Now, some of this is historical, I get it, but I don't have to make God relevant when I share what he's done in my life. See, people want to make God relevant and they go out of their way and they stretch the gospel in a way that that's not what God said. I'm not asking you to be irrelevant. I'm just asking you, are you bold enough to share what he's done in your life? Friends, that is as relevant as it gets. You're living it. If God did something in your life, What's relevant is that he did something in your life. Now you just open your mouth and tell somebody about it. I'm going to share with you some thoughts here this morning because some people, um, going to church is enough. I'm sure that Jesus didn't think prison was enough. And I'm really glad he didn't think the whipping that he took was enough. I'm really glad that Jesus didn't settle at that point. Guess what? He said the prison is not enough. The beating with the cat of nine tails, not enough. The lying and provoking of the person of God found in Christ Jesus, not enough. He went to the cross. He saw the goal. He followed the goal. He fulfilled the task. Friends, I'm glad he didn't think the beating and the prison was enough. If he would have thought that was enough, he would have been selfish because he was thinking about his own. He could have called, the Bible is even very clear, that he could have called legions of angels while he was there, right? We understand that he was so selfless when he was on the cross That he's spitting words out of his mouth like, Father, forgive them. How selfless does it get? It can't get any more selfless than that. We have a prime example, a prime leader in Jesus. The cross was the goal, and the goal was met for you and for me. Somebody give God praise. How many know what I'm talking about today? So these next four weeks, I pray that you will consider making the attendance a priority for you and your family these next four weeks. Because the next four weeks, here's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about, like we are this morning, being bold in witness. Week two, courageous in service. Week three, extravagant in generosity. Week four, grateful in the grain. How many realize that we got to grind this thing out sometimes? you got to grind out your faith sometimes. It's not going to come to you on a platter saying, here, here it is. This is how you serve God. Everything done for you. Just sign on the dotted line. It's not going to come like that. It's going to take some grind. I believe this selfless series is going to draw us closer to God. And let me tell you something. When I saw this, when I saw this concept that downloaded in my heart, and I said, God, show me what you're talking about when you're talking about selfless. You know what came up to me? is what John the Baptist lived. It's how John the Baptist lived, and what he proclaimed was this. We have one verse that we find in Scripture, and here it is. In John 3.30, he said, we must become greater, I'm sorry, he must become greater that I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become selfless. Less of self. I must become less. Friends, this is the base verse for everything we're going to be talking about the next four weeks. Why is that important? How are you going to base an entire series on one verse, Pastor Tony? You can't base theology on one single verse. Here's why. I believe this is so important to this series. Are you ready? Because I realized, first, that Jesus praised John the Baptist for being so focused on becoming less for the glory of the Father. Second, it's what Jesus said John was more than a prophet. He goes on to say, among these, and it's in red, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone. Everybody say Anyone. Anyone. I looked up the Greek and that means anyone. (laughs) And you're welcome. Anyone. No one has been greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because he must become greater than I and I must become less. Friends, you want to know the key to Christianity? One word, selfless. It's not easy. And I never, ever want to come across like I'm saying this thing is easy. Everyone look at me, from the youngest to the oldest in this room, look at me. I want you to understand something. This entire series can shape you, make you, and break you if you want it to. Because we're going to deal with some things in our heart that you may not like, but I promise you, if you hang in there these four weeks, when you look back, you're going to go, I am better because of this. Because anytime you can empty yourself of self, you are giving yourself more room for more of him. Anytime you could empty your heart from the, the, the pain of someone speaking against you, the pain of someone hurting you, look at me. Anytime you could empty your heart from yourself and the pain that's been inflicted in your life, you make room for the Holy Spirit to work in you. Why must we become selfless? Well, John's wilderness is our world today. If you look at John, the way he lived, the way he was out in the wilderness, he didn't go to the temple and say, I must become less and he must become more. He must become more and I must become less. He didn't go to the temple to do that. You know where he went? Into the wilderness. How many of you feel like your job is a wilderness sometimes? Come on. Let's be honest. right. You're like, where is the hope? Somebody. Has anyone seen Hope. Because I sure don't see or hear. Some of you, when you go to school, school is your wilderness. You got no hope. And your wilderness says, gotcha. But you know what John the Baptist said? Be who you're going to be. I'm going to invade your territory and bring hope. That's what John the Baptist did. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me? John the Baptist didn't hang out in the temple. You know what he did? He went out in the wilderness and proclaimed boldly that they must repent. They must turn from their ways. And people admired John the Baptist. Why is boldness so important? Why do we, What Pastor Tony, why are you so overpassionate about boldness? Let me tell you why. Because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. If you believe something so down deep in your soul, you will share with somebody. Can I tell you something right now? That Jesus Christ, if you're saying he's your savior, something has to come out of you to speak boldly about his love in your life. And I'm going to share in a few moments about why some people may may not do that. Some people in this room, you're scared to death about sharing anything about God. And there's various reasons, and I'll get there in a minute. But I want to share with you a few thoughts, and here it is. If you're writing down these, and and if you're writing these things down in the back of your bulletin where there's a wonderful place for sermon notes, write this down. Number one, faith isn't personal. It's public. Faith is isn't personal it's public we got a lot of flashing going on up here hit the blackout button there it is i would have i could have caught a seizure at some point i'm not gonna lie god has never intended watch this god has never intended your faith to become personal let me, get, let me get into this a little deeper because this is the problem in America today. And it's not one, well, it's not the only, but it's one that has affected our church today. Your faith, my faith, Pastor Tony, it's so personal. That I, no, it's not. Let me just, no, no, it's not. It's not. Your faith was never intended, and if it is, it's never intended to be that way. You might have missed something along the line. Let's reset and come back to it. Your faith has never intended to become personal. Ever, Jesus' death for you and for me was not personal it was public John's death John the Baptist he died in case you didn't read the story like he died that wasn't personal that was public your faith anytime we see the church making an impact in the Bible it's people who took their faith public You say, well, Pastor Thorne, that's a good reason not to share the faith. No, 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 no. That's the only way the church is going to be the church. If we boldly proclaim who Jesus is. Friend, the New Testament church thrived in persecution. We look at the New Testament church. If we're going to say, you know what? We are Bible believing church. We are, we believe the scriptures. Raise your hand if you believe the Bible is the word of God. And that's what we should follow. Raise your hand most people believe that if you don't that's fine maybe you're here and you're trying to you're figuring out life can i share something with you if you believe the scriptures are the word of god then then you have to believe the truth that your faith is impersonal your faith affects everybody around you good bad or indifferent It affects everyone around you. And so the New Testament church, how did they thrive? They thrived because faith was not personal. It was public. I want to tell you what God did in my life. I want to tell you what the death of Jesus Christ meant to me. So what happens? In the New Testament church, we find ourselves in a a situation where um, there's people that learn to love. In the New Testament, they learn to love without condition. In the New Testament church, we see people who talk without bad intentions. I don't have to talk bad about you so I can feel better about myself. Yeah? I don't have to talk bad about you so I can live life better. So I live my life with the right intentions, right? So the New Testament church, they give without any reason. We give, we give extravagantly. You'll see that in the next few weeks. We care for people without any exceptions. In other words, I'm not going to hold this idea and say, I helped someone, so now who's going to help me? We hear in the scriptures that love does not keep record of wrong, but love doesn't also keep record of right. Selfless, selfless people do what God said to do, no questions asked. Pastor Tony, that's a little intense. Well, the disciples were a little intense. They lived with an intense individual. His name was Jesus. So here's what I'm saying to you. For three years, they watched this man heal the sick, open the eyes of the blind, and raise the dead. Then the moment, watch this, the moment he's arrested, they scatter Listen, I don't care how many times. They spent three years with Jesus. Miracle after miracle. It doesn't matter how amazing your leader is if you don't believe it. I can preach the best sermon you ever heard. If you don't believe it and you don't apply it, guess what? You don't believe it. If you don't act on it, The disciples had the best teacher on planet earth, right? The creator of the universe came down in flesh form and he led them for three years and they still scattered when times got tough. Why? Because they forgot it's a choice. They were selfish when they should be selfless. Is this helping anybody? We speak boldly about what we believe deeply what happened with the disciples well what happened in john 2019 that that sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind closed doors why because they were afraid of the jewish leaders they just spent three years with the messiah and they were afraid of a few jewish leaders something inside has to change in order for 2019 to be different than 2018 do you want 2019 or do you want 2018 B. I'm telling you, selfless people see things happen while selfish people watch things happen. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of thinking that this is it. We got to get more we, we were made for more so let's live it guess what I've never seen a candle lose its light by lighting another candle a light a candle does lose, loses nothing by lighting another candle it just extends itself and that's what God has called us to become disciples that light the world boldness is available to every single person here in this room today. And I'm asking, do you want some? Do you want that boldness? Y'all pretty quiet on me. I know it's semi-rhetorical, but you could have said yes at least. But okay, we'll keep going. I want that boldness. Church, listen, and I speak boldly, but guess what? There's still flesh in me. I'm still made of flesh and bone. And I still have those moments where I struggle, just like you. But you know what I have to remind myself is that my faith is not personal; It's public. Everything I live and everything I do affects those around me. We are at our best when we awaken the selflessness in our life with Jesus Christ in the middle. Did you hear that? We are at our best when we awaken the selfless. Second thought is simply this. Life is meant to be shared. My life? My testimony and the life that Jesus has given me is meant to be shared. Happiness doesn't come through selfishness, but through selflessness. Everything you do for others comes back around. How you respond to your surroundings clarify what you're committed to. How you surround yourselves with the people you surround yourselves with, how you react and act, all those things affect your life. So, By becoming the answer to someone's prayer, we often find the answers for our own. Did you get that? By becoming the answer to someone's prayer, we often find the answers to our own. That means we're blessed, so we bless others. You're blessed to bless others. My wife said it earlier, we are saved people who serve people. Whatever the answer is for you, don't change what life is. We look at John the Baptist, I must become less. Here's a third thought. I'm going to put this in a capsule for you. Are you ready? Here's a third thought. Third thought. Boldness must be exercised. Here's what I mean. Boldness is like a muscle. It must be flexed and used in order to stay strong. It must be used... Over and over, you will get as bold as you are willing. That wasn't even in my notes. That was good. I'm gonna write that down. Hold on. You are as bold as you are willing, and how willing are you? We have this access to the creator of the universe. And we're still trying to figure out how to do this thing. I'm picking up crumbs when God is saying, I got a table full of food. Stop. Come to the table. Spend time with him and realize who Jesus is. Boldness must be exercised. And you know where that challenge lies? Right here. Are you ready? I'm challenging you for this week. Seven days from this Sunday to the next I want you to find. You know what? We talked about one person. I dare you to speak to one person this week. I double dare you to speak to three people by next Sunday. You can do one. I believe that's a very reasonable goal. Talk to somebody. What does that look like, Pastor? What are you asking me to do? I'm telling you find someone that you know that maybe doesn't know Jesus or has lost their faith, or has lost their hope, and share with them your hope and what God has done in your life. One person this week, and I double dare you to find three. Jesus had 12, but he poured into three. Peter, James, John. He gave hope to these men. He drove purpose into their lives, and he told them, I dare you to pour into somebody this week. Share with three people. You know somebody that hasn't been in church? You know someone that's that's been struggling? You know someone that's been dealing with some things? Call them up. Don't text them. Call them up. Let them hear your voice. Let them hear your concern, and say, I missed you. I haven't talked to you in a while. How are things going? And be ready to endure whatever they say. How many ever asked somebody how you're doing and you regret it the moment you said it? Let's be honest. Show of hands. Praise port, all across the room right there. I've been there. You didn't know what you got into, right? I know. But boldness must be exercised. That's my challenge to you this week. Life is found when you give it away. So here's what Peter did. He was one of those that Jesus poured into, Right? And when stuff got stuff went down, gone was Peter. You're the one that was with Jesus. No, I wasn't. You're the one that. No, I wasn't. You're the one that. No, I wasn't. I done failed. You know what? People want to hate on Peter, but he's the one that got up, and thirty thousand people got saved on the day of Pentecost. You want to hate on him, don't hate on him too quickly before you realize he's the one that opened his mouth. There were 120 in that upper room. Am I right? And one got up and said something. Do the math. No bueno. 120 were in the upper room, all filled with the Holy Spirit. One stood up and said, X, Y." Z, 3,000 people got saved. Boldness happens when you exercise. So let me ask you a question as we begin to put this to a close here. On a scale of one to 10, one being unmoved to 10 being amazed, how amazed are people by your boldness in Jesus Christ? How boldness? How bold does your faith lay out? One being unmoved, ten being amazed. Where do you stand? You say, "Well, Pastor Tony, how do I get there? I, I feel like I'm like I'm on three or four. I feel like I'm on six or seven, but I really want to put ten is Jesus. Let's just realize. Okay, let me put less pressure on you. Ten is Jesus. All right, I would probably go with uh. I would probably go with like uh, Lazarus is one, right? People not impressed by Lazarus' faith in God, right? But if you were to mark yourself in this list somewhere, where would it land? Honestly, you don't have to answer this one out loud, but think about it. Where do you land in that scale? If you land anywhere on the short end of that, what are you going to do about it? Because you just admitted that you're falling short and either you could accept that you've fallen short Or you could say, I realize that I can do better. I dare you to realize you could do better. You could be more bold for the sake, not for me, and not for this church, for Jesus. So what do we do? Number one, we spend time with Jesus, Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took notes because they had been with Jesus So how do I get bold? Spend time with Jesus. Take time with Jesus. Read his word. Pray. Seek God. Oh, Pastor Tony, I know that. That's what every preacher says. But I know one thing is true. Number two, ask God to make you bold. Acts 4.29, now, Lord, consider these threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great. That's a prayer that someone said. Enable me. Are you going to ask God to enable you this year? In 2019, when you're taking a close look at your boldness, when you're taking a close look at this face-to-face, think about this. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a prominent member of the council. He himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. He went, to, he went boldly. In Mark 15, 43, he went boldly and asked Pilate for Jesus' body. Secondly, Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas, Acts 14.3, tells us that they spent considerable time speaking boldly for the Lord. Paul, he entered the synagogue in Ephesus and spoke boldly there for three months in Acts 19.8, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. So where does boldness come from? Here's it, ready? Jesus, spending time with Jesus. And most people struggle because they feel like, hey, I'm not educated enough to speak on Jesus. B, fear of feeling like you'll be labeled. Or C, in some way, shape, or form, you may lose friends. I don't know what that looks like to you. But at the, in the scope of eternity, all those things really don't matter as much. Yeah, you'll lose some friends. But guess what? You'll gain a few that will respect you because you have a faith in God. If, they, if people leave me because of my faith, I don't want them to hang around anyway. If people unfriend you on Facebook because you have a faith in God, they don't need to be on your list anyway. Come on, somebody. I'm going to live my life when they don't apologize when they go get drunk. They don't apologize when they sleep around. They don't apologize when they do their sin. Why should I apologize for my Lord? I ain't making nobody apologies for my faith because I stand before God one day. Amen? That's boldness. So I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room right now, would you bow your heads with me for a moment? I want you to realize something. When you deny yourself, you're not living for today. You're living for eternity. And today, I'm going to ask you, in this kickoff of this series, Selfless, are you willing to be bold? And witness, If you're in this room today and you're saying, I'm willing to be bold in witness, I want to pray a prayer over you right now. Father, thank you for the fact that we can and will live boldly according to your grace. Father, I'm asking you today that there would not be a single person in this room that when they pray, they would walk out of here the same way they came. Lord, we desire to be bold. Help us to be so in Jesus' name.